Hey there, hope you are well and blessed. This is what's on my mind. So today what's on my mind really is a rather sensitive issue. But well, as it is, I am created a female and proudly identify with who I am and that is a woman. So, on my mind is... Strength of a woman. Mm -hmm. Strength of a woman. Now, first things first, what is feminism? As basically as I understand it, feminism is the belief in social, economic, and political equality for women, as the case easily is for men. It represents a commitment to activity in detail on behalf of women's rights and interests all boiling down to ending gender discrimination, which in ABC means equality in opportunities for women as it is easy for men, not sameness. As most of you always say that women want to be the same as men. If anything, it can never be sameness because men and women are created with a little biological God-given differences from each other. Thus, feminism is to recognize women as human, not property. Now on this one in particular, my thoughts ponder on how society, especially religion, views women versus how God views women. Now I shall pick most leaves from my background as well as my faith, but also pick a Pick a few leaves from elsewhere based on my personal experiences. And I guess more light shall beam on the social side of things as it is. It's the foundation of one being empowered in both the economic and political spheres of life. So I think let me start with the genesis of it all, creation. In Genesis 1, 27 to 28, it states, So God created human beings, making them to be like himself. He created them male and female, blessed them and said, have many children so that your descendants will live all over the earth and bring it under their culture. I am putting you in charge of the fish, the birds and all the, the wild animals. Reading this, I believe God, if God hadn't been specific in his word to state male and female, had he just, as in had he just stated man, either in general figurative context or in literal context, then perhaps that would be an introduction of emphasizing a patriarchal nature of society. But the foundation for the human race to function as purposed and envisioned by its creator is based on the fact that rule is by both men and women each perfectly functioning in their ordained intended roles. So now let's go to the famous Proverbs 31 woman. And uh, by the way, oh, just to, just to put it out there, this is me, I think, questioning the things I constantly hear from different sources of religion and maybe churches and pulpits in terms of preachings to women and things that I listen and hear the listen to and hear that probably get me make me feel so drained 
as a woman who loves God and I get to question is it really how God wants me to feel you know is it what God intends is it what he intended when he created a woman so not in any way am I rioting or striking or causing any chaos this is me just questioning and as it is i'm learning and unlearning and relearning so in case of anything please feel free to teach me in love okay so let's start with the proverbs 31 woman the famous famous proverbs 31 woman i'll start with uh Let's start with Proverbs 31:11. It states plainly states, her husband puts his confidence in her and he will never be poor. But just to dig up more context, the message version states her husband trusts her without reserve and never has reason to regret it. King James, the heart of her husband safely trusts her so he will have no lack of gain. The amplified, the heart of her husband trusts her confidently and relies on and believes in her securely so that he has no lack of honest gain or need of dishonest spoil boy oh boy the amplified version and king james version of this text drive the point home for me in a sense that it shows the husband of this proverbs 31 woman worked and as a normal man who lived who worked he had a life etc he completely trusted this woman with all his vulnerabilities and complete human self and she empowered his strengths and also added her strengths to make his weaknesses strong thus which kept him fueled to be a functional member of society and the king that god created him to be in fact the message version shows how he completely trusts her with his whole human self now most people put it upon women to be like the proverbs 31 woman they'll tell women women please be like the proverbs 31 woman but always in the sense that she earned and still respected her husband who didn't earn as in he was not working not to support women to strike but preachers why 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 do you impose a yoke on us that we're not even meant to carry in the first place you force us to dysfunction by not telling men their roles and only telling women their roles all the time like it's like a clinging cling, 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 that gong never ending gong in our ears especially in general services telling women what to do with their roles but rarely or rather rarely do you find messages in general services broadly telling men what to do in the presence of women you know which is ah, it's rather draining but anyway let's go to the proverbs 31 woman Let, let's go to um chapter 14 she brings home food from out of the way places as merchant ships do from understanding what merchant ships are this scripture shows me that this woman is innovative creative muyiya She's always thinking outside the box. Merchant ships trade and trading gives money. There's food on the table. So this woman's creativity and innovativeness is a strength added to her husband's already existing strengths. She compliments her husband. Not that she toils and labors in place of her husband. Yet again, you find men at the pulpit as well as women saying, if a man refuses you to work, respect him and stay home again 
not that I'm asking women to strike because there's definitely always a godly wisdom around situations like this. But how about the women? Don't they deserve respect, thus empowerment? Anyways, let's look at chapter 16. It states, she looks at land and buys it and with money she has earned, she plants a vineyard. Now, um, maybe just to dig up a little more context, the Amplified states, she considers a new field before she buys or accepts it, expanding prudently and not quoting neglect of her present duties by assuming other duties. With her savings of time and strength, she plants fruitful vines in her vineyard. The King James states, she considers a field and buys it from her profits, she plants a vineyard. And again, through the, uh, the Amplified, the point is driven home for me and King James just adds salt to the taste. This scripture shows me that this woman also has her own independent empire running, something she calls her own, and she runs it carefully without sacrificing her duties as a wife and a mother, etc. She also deeply keeps herself with knowledge as she makes these decisions. She is prudent and objective with how her money runs. But never or rarely do I hear preacher men or preacher women ask husbands to allow their women to dream. All you hear is respect, respect. If he refuses, then leave it. It won't kill. It is actually killing women. There are things that are preached in this lane that are actually killing women. P.S. This is me just questioning things that drain me as a woman when I listen to them. If you're out there and you're willing to correct me, please. I'm very available for learning and learning and relearning. Okay? Anyways, now let's talk about submission. When I think about submission, the Bible tells husbands to love their wives like Christ loves the church. Christ first loved us even in all our ignorance and failures. He loves us before we love him. That's why he died on the cross to save us, which is the basis of the Christian faith. It's easy to believe because God seeks us first no matter how lost we get and how many laws we break, meaning it's easy for us to submit because that love alone moves us into submission, of which it's a submission that is empowering. However, most of the times at the pulpit, yo, the message that I receive as a woman, the message that we receive as women is wives submit to your husbands, respect thy men, they are the heads of the families. All of this in a sense that even when thy man is not covering you or protecting you as a woman, please respect. And also it's in a sense that erases the fact that women too are humans as it is men or women too are subject to feelings as it is men. This direction of delivering God's message to us is very non-empowering, very non-empowering and very religious. The way the message is delivered is in fact not any different from all singer talks to girls about men. They most times carry with them emotional yokes. It's no wonder that some people emphasize the fact that the Bible is against women. Yet reality check. If you read the Bible yourself and get the revelation, 
it's the men and women of the pulpit who emphasize unintendedly patriarchal societies and use scripture for it. Dear men and women, you make us view as uh, you make us view marriage as though it's it's a prison, yet it wasn't God's intention in the first place. Much as it's true that we must submit to our husbands, I wish to see men told the same way openly during open congregations that men too must submit themselves to their wives as it is in Ephesians 5:21 submit yourselves to one another because of your reverence for Christ going ahead in 1 Corinthians 7:4 a wife is not the master of her own body but her husband is in the same way a husband is not the master of his own body but his wife is so really to me it seals it in a sense that for as long as we each function in our ordained intended roles as women and men, we rule together and not men ruling over women. That reminds me actually of an experience. It's, it's something I faced while I joined high school. Now, throughout my high school, I was part of a Muslim community, and I remember joining and noticing that women in their menstrual periods weren't allowed to pray. So for someone whose background was exposed to a mentality that menstruation was empowering right from home up until throughout my primary school joining this new community shocked me at how menstruation was viewed eh? and then when it comes to churches when uh, you listen to preachings general preachings altogether main services m- uh, when they talk about this docket they only talk about men being respected men seek respect women must respect their men but rarely do you find churches during their general or main services teaching about honoring women really it's very rare so i'm still learning and unlearning and relearning definitely but all i have experienced and still experience as a woman is that while god is pro-women 100 percent to a large extent religion is still so much anti-women And again, from my own perspective, when I read the Bible, all women in the Bible serve as role models to me, be it Esther, be it Ruth, be it Sarah, or even Delilah, Rahab, the prostitute, Jezebel, or even all the mothers to the many kings that are mentioned in the Bible. All I see is that women have a peculiar strength within them. As women, we have a peculiar strength within us very peculiar to only us in fact so if only churches of christ could openly preach about the power of a woman in a man's life because the bible shows it it's a fact not so sure if there are any other religious books that that show the unique power of a woman but the bible clearly shows that god knew men need women in their lives and also just to point this out Marriage ceremonies in the African context are not and have never been a sign that a man buys a woman. They are a sign that the woman this man has chosen is precious and he has the ability and the power to protect his precious jewel, the woman, at whatever cost, meaning he values the woman in his life, not as Western media has painted the whole picture. 
erasing the African culture and how marriage takes place. If anything, if you think about it, the way we, the African culture, the 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 African marriage ceremony is the way it is in the Bible. I mean, think about how Esther, uh, no, not Esther, but um, uh, how Isaac and Rebecca married. Think about it. Anyway, those are stories for other days. But the point is, protecting a woman, I believe, is a 360-degree ordained duty of a man. And in my view, protecting her means empowering her in all aspects of her life, especially as husbands. Much as it is that every man who has women around him and in his life, protection is key. But protection means being a support system. You water her enough so that she blossoms to feed you more than enough. When I think about a female creature and above all a woman, I am reminded of 1 Corinthians 1.25 which states, For what seems to be God's foolishness is wiser than human wisdom, and what seems to be God's weakness is stronger than human strength. So our strength as women and determination comes from inside out. We happen to be men's source of strength. We are mothers, we are sisters, we are wives, we are daughters. And with this kind of strength and determination within us, how we choose to use it, we either give life or use it to kill life. So in every sphere that we are part of as women, let God matter most. If God is for us, who can be against us? think with me via Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by commenting or sharing your thoughts at Nantaba FJ, as well as sharing the podcast to your circles and commenting on here. Thinking is beautiful. Sometimes ignorance is a part of it, but it's okay. Fly while you learn and learn and relearn.